All right, it's a back judge podcast in my living room. Sans, sans Tommy Murray, a little late night at Dicko Dow's last night with the Sea Home alum. Throwing it back to the F Zero. So you know, just a just a good vintage pod for the last week of the season. Not a ton of games that are supremely interesting, just due to the fact that it's all divisional. Um, a lot of the playoff picture is set, but we definitely do have. A few notable matchups, especially if certain dominoes fall a certain way. And then you got that Colts-Titans playing game with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth in the booth. Yep. Getting that flex job Play-in done. game, playoff game. Yep. That's what we like Absolutely. to call it here. So, um, you know. Good amount to talk about. Good, yeah, and then we're going to get into some, you know, Black Monday. Obviously, comes comes this time of year. All the, the coaches and... See what teams are going to make some changes. Absolutely. The, a lot of movement happening this time of year, not only in the standings, but a lot of teams changing the culture. You're going to see, like Klepp said, Black Monday, coaches losing their jobs, GMs losing their jobs, and teams refocusing and figuring out how they're going to be uh, in the playoff picture this time next year. So I, I'd like to kind of start with this Bears, Bears-Vikings game. I Absolutely. think it's a good, good place to start. Yep. It's an afternoon one too. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, so the big, so the Vikings are in the playoffs as they stand now. A win and they're in. They control their own destiny. Um, they've pretty much controlled the game the last two weeks. That they've you know after firing uh, DeFilippo coming off of that Seattle game, they have just controlled the Dolphins and the Lions, two definitely inferior teams to the Vikings. So that was. You know, for you, I mean, Vikings supporter. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, just good to see if you're a Vikings fan. Par for the course, mm-hmm. kind of. It's what you expect. Yep. And But now they have the Bears coming to town, who suffocated Kirk Cousins back at Soldier Field with that defense. Kirk was really looking like like maybe a $10 million man rather yeah. than an 84. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how the Bears come in and attack this one with their playoff, you know, hopes already secured with winning the NFC North. They do have an outside shot at getting a bye week if they win and the Rams um, lose to the Cardinals, is it? Yeah. Yeah. No, the, um, the 49ers. 49ers, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, and yeah. they're at home. Gurley might not play, but I mean, I don't... Yeah. It's going to take some real Nick Mullins magic for that, yeah, for that yeah. to happen. It will. I mean, these teams, just as a quick side note, like the Rams and the Patriots, where uh, they're already secured in the playoffs, but a win against a... a very inferior team, uh, far inferior team, seals their first round bye and allows their players to rest. So I think that the Rams and Patriots, yeah. respectively, are going to be taking these games pretty seriously. Yep. I don't know how many people will be starting, but we know how important it is to get that rest and how uh, how critical it can be to playoff success. So I do not expect the Rams to slip up. And that brings up an interesting conversation that we kind of halfway had yesterday, which is... If you're a Bears fan, do you want to start all your guys and go balls to the wall in Minnesota if ultimately you're probably going to be playing this team again at home next week in the playoffs when it really matters? Yeah, like what are you going to show? Yeah. And I just kind of brought it up, and I don't necessarily know if I believe this, but it's like it would be an interesting play for Matt Nagy to basically say, hey, Mitch, Trubisky, Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard, my, all my dudes, Khalil Mack, my guys, my stars – the guys that are that, that made this playoff uh, spot possible, you guys can take a rest this week. We're going to not necessarily lay down in Minnesota, but we'll go play a competitive game with our backups and probably lose. And we're going to get these guys next week at Soldier Field where we're comfortable and where we handled them. Like you said, suffocated the Kirk Cousins. And I know that's not necessarily an attacking way to go about it, but I think when... 
just rest and, and uh, you know, it's just so important this time of year, I feel like. And it almost could be like their first round bye in a way if they just yeah. rested their guys <clears throat> this week 17 and then, and then made the Soldier Field bash the real showdown. I think they'll be score watching. I really do. I think they'll go, you know, total all out, like a real NFL game for the first half. And then if they go to the locker room and someone tells Nagy, oh, you know, <laughs> Rams, are up, tw- yeah. Rams are up 24 to 6, yeah. then you're going to yeah. sit your dudes in the second half. Yeah. But I think that's, you know, because if the if 49ers somehow win and you stat your guys and didn't get that by, like, yeah. that's going to be a huge slip up. So I think they'll just mm-hmm. be doing some scoreboard watching. Overall, with this game, though, <clears throat> I am going to pick the Vikings, even though I did prophesize that the field would make the playoffs over them but mm-hmm. um the way they've looked with Stefanski in now at the there's the new OC I think um you know maybe they've lost some of their tendencies under Don DiFilippo they're running the ball a little bit better with Dalvin Cook um so I just like I like their chances to win yeah. this one at home against a Bears team that might not be playing at full tilt absolutely and I think that's an extremely fair analysis especially like you said the Vikings and the Bears have both been very competitive teams this year. This year, the Bears maybe a little bit more than the Vikings, but the Vikings came to Chicago and got crushed. Yeah. And I think that the, on top of that, the fact that the Bears already beat them this year, the Vikings have this opportunity, like you said, to control their own destiny. And I think this is another point where the Vikings just have to finish off their season strong. Forget Nick Foles, forget Philadelphia, none of that matters. All you have to do is win a home game against Chicago, a team that beat you, suffocated you, and still only beat you by, what, eight or nine, I think it was. So this is a spot where I'm totally on the Vikings, like I have been the past few weeks, and I think this is going to be an extremely interesting playoff matchup. I think this is going to be a great first-round game, because if the Vikings do, in fact, win this game, they will be going to Soldier Field next week to play the Bears in the playoffs, and... I like. I want to sprinkle in a little Tommy Murray analysis and maybe say that with the new offensive coordinator Dalvin, they have opened up yeah. a lot of things for Dalvin Cook, and I think he's getting. I don't know the uh, specific numbers, but at least from what I've seen, he's getting more meaningful touches than Latavius Murray, which yeah. wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, and I know he was coming off an injury, but I like Dalvin Cook to maybe break out a little bit right at the perfect time of the year. And yeah, uh, I mean, even you can say even though he's coming off an injury, but maybe he's just. Rested, exactly. More rested than other no, dudes. No, that's right. right. Now. Some guys just catch playoff fire, and you see Dalvin Cook rush yep. for 130 yards and, and receive for 40 and two touchdowns or something like that in this game. And then all of a sudden, he's playing like the, one of the better running backs in the league throughout the playoffs. So yeah, let's talk about this. You know, in terms of sticking with the NFC, going with the Eagles and Redskins game. Um, I mean, if we want to talk some Redskins. I thought if we're going to get into our Black Monday thing, I think Jay Gruden is an interesting guy for for a hot seat because. You know, maybe he was looking safe because it's like, wow, look at all these dudes that got injured. But then DJ Swearinger yeah. gets cut and goes on the radio and is talking about Club J. And uh, did you see any I of this? I did not see oh, this. Man, I, did not. I thought he, it was the defensive coordinator he was slandering. Well, he was. And he that's was, why he, he was got slandering, cut. He was slandering the play calling of the D coordinator, like, out and yeah. not internally. <clears throat> but he just talked – DJ was talking about – how the the intensity wasn't the same in, with the Redskins as it was in other organizations, and you know it's been apparently there's been murmurs of the Club J down in uh, down in Landover. Oh, really? So you know, just a little a little lax yeah, over yeah. there in the facility. Interesting. So now D- DJ's just you know he's a dog. He is uh, a how dog. You, how are you going to chain that man up in he the Club J? He wants to go out and, and pound a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. I'm a big DJ Swearinger fan. <laughs> There's a reason why this guy has been on, I think, five yeah. or six teams in his short career. Yeah. I don't necessarily think he's an extremely reliable source. 
uh, no. in terms when it comes to this stuff. That being said, that that worries me, and I don't know. I think it might be. Is this Jay Gruden's seventh or eighth year as the coach? It's, it's more like four or five. You think but it's yeah. just been? Yeah, it's it, been eight and eight. It's eight kind eight, of been eight, more the eight. same. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I personally would not fire. Or want Jay Gruden to get fired? I wouldn't either, just because fan. of the injuries that you've yeah. had there, and I mean, the, I think the front office, is... you know, dealt him a, a crappy hand with the Kirk Cousins situation and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and with Gwise coming back next year, yeah. I think this team is a quarterback away from being a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. they they were they could have definitely made the playoffs this year. Alex totally. Smith stayed healthy. Yeah, no, they absolutely. I mean, they four or five weeks ago they were looking like the yeah. front runner in that division. So I think this team is, you know, it's interesting that kind of goes against the. When they were getting pummeled by the Saints, ripping the headphones out of Josh Norman's ears, that's not yep. a very Club J thing yep. to do. So I wonder what yeah, the exactly. uh, yeah, you're right. There I might be a little bit of a polarization in the locker room. Maybe some guys are with them, some guys aren't. But it'll be interesting to see what happens in Washington. And if that guy becomes a candidate, that's uh, that'll be an interesting guy to. He should get a job pretty quickly. Yeah, and I mean this. This I think the Eagles are going and win. They're playing lights out. I mean, we had an interesting tax conversation about Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. I mean, the team plays better when he's the quarterback, even though... Period. Period. Even though I think both of us believe that Carson Wentz is Absolutely. the superior talent. Absolutely. It's just weird. Where do you go from here? And there's like, you know, there's never been any issues with, you know, Carson Wentz's leadership. I mean, you heard about yeah. him taking his offensive lineman hunting, yeah. you know, when he was a rookie. And like, the dude seems like a... It's all a, there. A, a likable yeah. guy. And like, it's just like, for some bizarre reason, it's... Who knows? I mean, maybe it's the fact that... You know, Wentz was coming off an injury, and he's the starter. And when you're the backup, and you're just coming in, and like you're just the dude, and it's like, all right, like I'm gonna go out and just try my sling best it. and yeah. sling it, and that kind of mentality maybe fits better with what Doug because Pe- Doug Peterson's an aggressive coach. That's kind of what I'm thinking is that it's just like Doug Peterson feels more yeah. free to really let let it go. But I, I just it's bizarre. Yeah. But I, the Eagles have been with Foles. I mean, he flew for 471 yards last week, comeback win against yeah. a very good Texans team. I think they'll win in in uh, in Washington this week, but it just will, they'll have to, you know, the Eagles fans will have the dual screen going with that Bears-Vikings game. No, absolutely. And I think Carson Wentz, I think it's fair to say Carson Wentz probably came back a little too soon from that injury. Potentially, yeah. I don't know about you, but... It's very clear on on film. I saw. I was watching a different Carson once this year than yep. I was watching last Absolutely. year. And you know that very well, maybe because of the injury, and he came back a little too soon, or maybe he was just having a little bit of a slump this year. But I was seeing a different player, and I mean, I I know this is going back a few weeks, but or maybe more than a few weeks. But that Carolina comeback in Philadelphia was very. Uh, it was just almost like. Something was up. The hazard yeah. lights were on in Philly in one yeah. way or another. It's like this the Super Bowl winning team. It's a Carolina team. We didn't have a lot of faith in. This was kind of a spot where I thought they were going to slip up. And then I saw, yeah. 20, uh, I think it was the final score was 21-17. And mm-hmm. Philly just could not score yep. in the second half. Yeah. And, and that was the kind fourth of, quarter. It was like yeah. terrible. Something might be up here. You know, something uh, yeah. once may not be totally right. And the running backs aren't rotating like they did last yep. year. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the offseason, and it'll be even more interesting, even though I don't want it to happen, if the Bears find a way to win that game and the Eagles can sneak their way into the playoffs. Yeah, Foles can... Foles somehow can get this team to... Like a playoff a, win. A playoff like, win. Yeah. It's like, what do, you, what do you do? So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be some more fireworks for the upcoming offseason. But kind of a, actually just going back quickly to the Bears-Vikings game, something I just thought of that now that you brought it up again. Do you think there's any way the Bears may just play all out because they don't want to see the Vikings again in the playoffs? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting, like... The thing is, though, this is... Like they, I mean, of... it relies on Philly winning. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, maybe we just don't want to play the Vikings three times in a year. Yeah, no, and that's kind of a fair assessment, but my whole thing was... I kind of lean towards just sitting your dudes yeah. and taking the bye week this week, letting Minnesota win, basically, mm-hmm. and saying, we are going to see you again at Soldier Field, and that's going to be, you know, the... the, the what. Cats game or whatever, Kings mm-hmm. match, where it's 1-1. This is for the series here. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's an interesting spot. The thing is, the Bears go all out. It's not like the, if the Bears go all out, they're getting a win. The Vikings yeah. are a good team. They're yep. playing for their lives. If the Bears go all out and they play a close game and yeah. Minnesota wins and they're a little beat up going back to Chicago and yeah. they just got a team that took them four quarters and went yeah. down the wire, I just think that's a weird spot. I just think with this Bears team – It'll be I'm very I'm actually very interested to see what Nagy does because I think he's a really smart guy and he's not afraid to be over progressive mm-hmm. with, with his decision making. So uh you know, Sunday morning it'll be interesting to see who's active for the Bears and uh how that goes. I'm again I'm picking the Eagles with you, but just to reiterate, I don't think that the Eagles are gonna sniff that playoff spot because I think the Vikings are gonna take care of business at the same time. I'm gonna get that pizza. Oh yeah, go ahead, bud. Go ahead. You can, if you want, you can, you can start something on there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll stick on here. The thing about this slate that I don't really enjoy is that we've only analyzed these afternoon games. All of these one o'clock games are basically snoozers with no real pull. The only game with any actual pull, um, at least that I can see right now, is the. Texans-Jaguars game. Jaguars traveling to Houston. Blake Bortles getting the start after Cody Kessler took his job halfway through the year. Blake Bortles, a guy that is probably going to get replaced this year. Jags are going to find need to find a new quarterback. Doug Marone, another guy who could be on the hot seat. I, I again, just like Jay Gruden, I think it would be a little bit of an overreaction to fire that guy after the year he had last year. But the Texans, if they slip up at home, and the Jags play tough, and that defense steps up like it did last year. The Texans could be looking at that sixth-place spot in the AFC, having to travel to Tennessee oh, or Almost regressing to what they were before this, like in the early yeah. stages of the year. Absolutely. And I, was, I would think that that would definitely affect their chances of doing anything meaningful in the playoffs. I, I if they too. had to go on the road week one and just like... And the two-game losing streak into the playoffs, uh-huh. and you got to go to Lucas Oil and play Luck or something, or even, you know... We can, we'll, we'll get into that game later, but I was also saying Marone could be another sneaky Black Monday candidate, another guy who I would They said he was there keeping him. Keep, okay, yeah. good, good. Yeah, that's, I, I think it would be way much of an overreaction to fire him. And then I was reading, I just wanted to say this, not that it's that important, but uh, a little blip of why the Patriots have been such a dominant team for the past 20 years. They got Christmas off, and then 26th, all the coaches are in voluntarily, scouting the Jets, doing the work that they need to do. And there was a quote from one of the coaches that we're treating this like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. We know how important this buy is. And it's just kind of refreshing to hear to know that there's just such a professional team. And I don't, I don't mean to get on my knees for the Patriots here, but <laughs> it's just very, it's crystal clear why this team yeah. is, is, has been so good for so long. And it's because they're such a well-oiled machine and they're run so well from top to bottom. And this is just a game where the Patriots are going to go out and – Close close out the Jets and get that first round by and again. I mean, like and, and Darnold about, has not been playing like a slouch. Not at all. You know, Darnold and Baker have kind of been neck and neck mm-hmm. for these young gunslinging quarterbacks that are kind of taking their teams to that next level and are basically giving you a sneak peek of what could be two playoff contenders next year. 
Yeah, I think Bowles might be gone, too. I say it right now. He's gone. Mm -hmm. He's gone, though. That's one guy that I do like, and I'm on this podcast multiple times, supported. I think he'd be an incredible defensive coordinator somewhere. But this Jets team just needs a change, I think, at head coach. I think they need a guy who might be a little bit younger, a little more offensively offensive-minded, and uh, a little more willing to take Darnold under his wing and maybe turn this Jets team into, uh, into a little bit of a dynasty. The other few um, games we got going on with playoff stuff, I mean, you got the Steelers and the Bengals. Obviously, like the Steelers to take care of business against a wilting Bengals team. Mm-hmm. Once again, Hugh Jackson, loser. Loser. Getting stared down by Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And it's just, Can't oh. be a good feeling. No. <laughs> cannot. Can't be a good feeling. Cannot. One week um, you're a guy's head coach, and the next yeah. week you're like one-tenth of the person he is. It's just, it's not, <laughs> not a good position to be in, but... And then you got, I mean, and the Steelers are relying on the Browns to come in and save their season. That's the that's the last very, you know, these afternoon games actually are a little more interesting than I than I assumed they were because this Browns Ravens game is, I think the line on it might be like four and a half yeah. or six to six something like that. I mean, Browns are going for a, uh, above five hundred a year. Absolutely, this is a Browns team that is playing like a playoff team right yeah. now and has been the past few weeks on both sides of the ball. And on top of that, they're extremely aggressive and they will mm-hmm. play balls to the wall and they will go for it on fourth down on yeah. their own side of the field yeah. if it means Greg Williams thinks it gives them a better chance mm-hmm. of winning. So I do not think this is a shoe in by any means for the Ravens. Yep. I think the Ravens and Lamar Jackson kind of had their coming out party last week and on Saturday night in L.A., taking down that Chargers team, forcing that fumble late. For Antonio yeah. Gates and winning that game. Lamar Jackson, that was the first time I really was looking at him in a different way than I have before because he was delivering the ball where it needed to be and he was doing it consistently. And I think that's the first time I've seen him do that. I think this is kind of a slip-up spot for Baltimore. And I don't know if I necessarily have the stones to pick the Browns, but I'm just going to say it on air right now that I wouldn't be surprised if this is an extremely close game yeah. and the Browns pull this one out in the fourth quarter and this and the Steelers sneak their way mm-hmm. into the playoffs, uh, winning that division, absolutely. I think that this is an extremely live game. I I don't you know, honestly, I'm I'm talking myself into the Browns a little bit right now. I've been a Ravens supporter all year, but uh, yeah, and I mean I'm going to pick the Ravens. I don't who am I kidding? The Ravens defense mm-hmm. is playing like one of the best units in the league, and so is their special teams. John Harbaugh already got. Uh, Already got the the extension, and like I said, Lamar Jackson has taken that starting job. I think Joe Flacco's as good as gone, and I think this one's going to be close in the fourth quarter. I think it'll be a little more high scoring than people think, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a 27-24 Ravens. It'll be win. interesting to see for just for Baker too, if he can game. go game against a top level defense. I mean, a lot of the teams that they've been playing recently have kind of been wilting teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did beat the Panthers, were probably one of their better wins, but they were still kind of falling yeah. down. Yeah, and so it's just like. It would be cool to see if Baker Mayfield can really sling it with the best of them. Yeah, this is definitely, I mean, not that it really means that much, but kind of like the biggest game of his career so far. Because uh-huh. it's like he's in a spot right now where it, it's almost like he has, more so than in other weeks, he's got that like opportunity to just game a little yeah. bit and like be a baller and go do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like go win this thing for the Steelers kind of or the Browns, you know. So I think ba- Baker may be pulling, pulling something from up from a sleeve uh, in this one, but I, I like the Ravens to close it out. I think they're a little too experienced on defense to let this one slip, especially after what happened last year. Let's talk. Let's talk the NBC night game, baby. Let's. <clears throat> I have a little bit of of a confession to make here on the podcast, 
And that's that's I've, I've been two timing the Colts and Titans a little bit this year. So uh, my good friend from from Rome, Caleb Caleb Wiseman, yeah, big Titans guy, big? huge Titans fan, just like Danner. Oh yeah, so Danner's... so he, huge Titans fan from Nashville though. He's, yeah, he's okay. from, from Nashville. Come on, that's Danner. Come on, baby. No, but uh, I mean he's a huge Titans fan, and so all year you know we've been sending back and forth, you know, and like, hey, you know, Titans are kind of sticking with it. Titans, oh, good, good win against the Patriots, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But on the pod, I've just been all Colts. Yeah. All Colts. And so I, I texted him last night off that Jaeger yep. and, and fe- feeling it a little bit. And I was like, hey, I, I came clean. Yep. I was like, man, I let him know. I just, I had to. I was yeah. guilty. I was like, man, you know, I've been, I've been on these Colts all year. And, and I got to go on the pod tomorrow and pick this game. Yeah. He's like, and I was like, who do I ride with? And and he's like it's it, he's and he was like you know worries I'm in my basement too hammed off them Coors lights playing Madden you picked them Titans so I'm I'm coming here and I'm I'm just taking the Titans man he's gonna he bought the tickets to this game on Thanksgiving as an investment he yeah. knew he knew this game was gonna be moved to prime time he's going he's, he's oh he's in Nissan that's he's in, awesome he's in Nissan uh, so he's gonna be in the stands affecting the game. And uh, I believe in him, and I'm I'm gonna roll with the Titans, baby. I... Them slick new new unis and the helmets that I've I've loved since day one, going against the Colts. I'm not gonna lie, and... this is music to my ears, man. This is a huge surprise, by the way. Yeah, because you oh, were yeah. the four. I, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll admit, I'm the Andrew Luck guy, but you were the first Colts, the Colts believer, talking about how they mm-hmm. could sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, before the season, you were yep. saying them and the Jets, maybe the Colts, yep. but more the Colts and. This is the spot, and I love that you're picking the Titans to, to bring a little bit of excitement to the show because I know you know that I'm all cold oh, all yeah, day in yeah. this one. This is a spot where it's fade Titans, and I'm all over the Colts. Andrew Luck is playing for that playoff spot. If you listen to this podcast whatsoever, you know that I've been begging for Andrew Luck to get that playoff spot since about week seven. And this is a Titans team that just confuses me. And I absolutely it's, <laughs> almo- it's almost just like never – Never bet Titans games. Never. Because <laughs> it's almost like any time you think they're going to lose, they win. Anytime you think they're going to win, they lose. The line last week against the Redskins was something like 12, and, and, and it was an extremely close game to the last play. This is a spot where I like Andrew Luck and the Colts to go to Tennessee. The weather's going to be nice. Might be a little chilly. Might be in mm-hmm. the 40s at night. Ain't nothing Andy ain't seen before. I like Luck to go out there, sling it around against this Titans defense. Uh, that is a bit inconsistent, and and my key to this game is 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 if the Colts can hold Derrick Henry to under a hundred yards rushing, I think that they will win this game uh, handily. And I think yeah. Marcus Mariota is not a hundred percent, and on top of that, I don't want to slander his name too much, but that guy is S O F T, yep. and he's not that, <clears throat> and that's a back judge. All all of us. Yeah. All of us podcasters here on the back judge are, can agree that Marcus Mariota isn't necessarily the guy that's going to take your franchise to the next level at the quarterback position, and Andrew Luck is. And in this primetime spot, Andrew Luck, comeback player of the year, probably going to be finished third or fourth in that MVP race, going to prove why he's doing all that and going to deliver. And you know what? An Ebron touchdown. <laughs> Ebron's going to get a tutty in it too. Oh, God. Is he going to get his first taste of the playoffs? No, his first year in Detroit, they went to Dallas. 31. I guess not. Yeah, and they get the Seahawks game. 31-16 <clears throat> Colts. Whew. I mean, absolutely. I think the Colts probably are the better team. And two, uh, in addition to that, they probably have the best chance to do anything in the playoffs. I mean, I don't think that they would – I think they would probably – 
you know, lose in the divisional round maybe. I, I mean, they mm-hmm. could even obviously lose in the wild card round, um, depending on if they get that home game or not. Um, but they for sure have the best chance out of these two teams to actually make real yes. noise in the playoffs for mm-hmm. sure, just in terms of the talent at the quarterback position and how well their defense has been playing too. A lot of no-name dudes on that defense, like, having just great years. Marcus, Marcus Hunt kind of came out of nowhere having a great year for them. They got, you know, Malik Hooker's playing decently. Quincy Wilson mm-hmm. is now, you know, ha- playing at corner of the better Jabal floor. Shear, yeah. still a vet on that yeah. line <clears throat> Yeah, so, you know, just just very good uh, Colts team that has come on strong recently. That that Jags game was a, kind of a weird disappointment or maybe yeah, anomaly. It was. But the AFC South, those matchups are yeah. weird. Just like this one could be very weird. And I do want to say also, I think the Colts, and I want to watch how I say this because I don't want to, again, I don't want to slander Mike Vrabel. But yeah. I just think this is a position where coaching is going to matter a lot. Yeah. And the Colts have two first year guys, too. And, yeah. And I think the Colts have the advantage in in game mm-hmm. in an in game coach. I think Mike Vrabel is a great coach, a great motivator, and a defensive minded guy who's very, you know, put your hand in the dirt, you know, balls to the wall. Yep. I think Frank, Frank Reich's a little more clinical, a little more offensive, a little more game management. Game management, yep. progressive, if you will. <laughs> And I think it's going to be a spot where Tennessee might have a couple special teams, gaffes, and you know a few turnovers, and maybe playing a little too aggressive. Uh, I, I see Mike Rabel a little bit as like the Pat Fitzgerald of the NFL, right? Yeah, now. just a big motivator yeah. who's gonna you're gonna win some big you're, games. Yeah, you're, you're gonna, gonna get a big, the, you're gonna get a big one. But going yeah. to New England and beat the Patriots, but you're gonna maybe lose at home to the the, the the you know the Cardinals or the Raiders or something yeah. like that. So. Uh, I'm taking the Colts in this one, as I said, and this is gonna this has the makings of a really interesting game. Yeah, I expect very... the, I expect the Titans to come up, come show up and play hard at home. So, I think the Colts can get a late score to run away with it, but it should be close early. Let's talk, uh, you know, little changes, I guess, for these Let's. organizations coming up because Week 17 brings the end of the year. And there's teams that had disappointing seasons who might be looking to uh, change up their. Uh, you know, culture in the building. I we can probably start with the Dolphins. Maybe, I mean, there's been yeah. rumblings about Gaze. I think he should be safe. I think the Dolphins would be wrong to get rid of him. Um, I think you should get a new quarterback. I think that's apparent for the yeah. Dolphins coming into this year. Is that Tannehill just isn't it, and you gotta move on. And I'd love. I mean, if for anyone, I'd love to see Gaze start start anew because he's kind of been handed this team and hasn't. Really, I mean, the quarterback is what makes a team what it is, and he hasn't been really able to mm-hmm. choose a guy at that position yet. Um, they're not going to have a super high pick, so they'll probably have to trade up and get one, or they can maybe sign a guy like Flacco in the offseason. Bridge, trade again for Bridgewater, yeah. But, I mean, it's a risk you ought to be willing to take. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, but I, I would like to see them stick with Gase. Yeah, I absolutely would too. And I almost wanted to ask you, like, who do you think is the most fireable coach in the league? And who do you think is the least fireable coach who's going to get fired? Who the most fireable? Like who? The who, main. You're you're the like, you're the, the GM of all thirty two teams. Who's the yeah. first guy you're firing? Oh, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> that's Marvin you know, Lewis that's for sure. Ever so apparent. And then who do you think? Not necessarily is going to get fired, but has a chance. Like we're we're talking Black Monday, they're going to be sweating a little bit, but doesn't deserve. Doesn't deserve. Doesn't really deserve to have to to, to be sweating on Black Monday. Um. I mean, I, I would say Tomlin if they don't make the playoffs. Yep. Um, I mean, he should be – he probably could be sweating, though, maybe. And maybe it wouldn't be – Ron Rivera, I would probably say. Yeah. 
is the guy who may be feeling the heat that could potentially get fired and doesn't maybe deserve to. The Panthers have been disappointing, and I even you know named Ron Rivera as my faller when we had the yeah. episode uh, with with yeah, Shady. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I I just think that he's a guy that got the Super Bowl. He he's a really great person. You know, mm. great guy, great coach. Um, I'm a great coach is debatable, I guess. Now that we're talking about this, but has at least you know gotten his stripes. Yeah, in, I mean, in the league and. Uh, I, He's got I think, more winning seasons than not. Right? I think, yeah, I think Cam Newton had something going on, injury wise, and it really just tanked them this yep. year. Um, and, and they, and two they started out nine. strong. Yeah, I mean they've just bottomed it's out. Seven and, in a row. Um, I think they have a good thing going with McCaffrey. Has really come on strong this year, so I think it would be wrong to um, change up the head coach there but I mean it's a new owner you don't know what that guy's gonna think and how he's gonna operate David Tapper and it's yep. like I don't know so I, I think that's a, definitely something that could happen although I would think it would be uh, a mistake the only thing is too it's just like Rivera is one of those dudes where it's like kind of potentially like a Marvin Lewis you know John Fox type where it's like the old guard and like mm-hmm. everyone wants the young guy with great offensive mind yeah, it's just yeah. like Rivera is more of a a team CEO almost, mm. and so, and, and I mean I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see, but that those would be the two guys I guess I would talk about. Yeah, and I would fire Dirk Cutter too. Yep, if I was I, the Bucks, I'd just get him out of there. You want to just get let's get the firings off our chest. Yeah, you know? Dirk Cutter should get fired. Yep. We can agree on that. Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis can we can agree on that. Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. I would say we, we can we can agree on that. I Is mean the, the Packers already fired McCarthy. Yep. I mean, I, I those would be and and I would I, don't know, I would fire Steve Wilkes. I know you're not about yeah. that, but I just don't like the idea of firing someone after one year. I just don't necessarily know I, what could he have done with this Cardinals group. Like, what, yeah, you that's, know, that, that's fair. I just think they're gonna want to go in a different direction with their young quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think they're just gonna want to bring in a guy with offensive, yep, minded, like not just. I agree yeah, with that. So. I agree with that, but I also think that that's them. Like I said, that's them admitting that they, I, they I screwed up. I would think that you would have to have – the thing is, I, I my philosophy when it comes to firing guys, it's like I think on one hand, like I don't think you can – I think it's wrong to fire somebody. Um, I think you should you should want to fire them first mm-hmm. instead of looking around the league and seeing yes. dudes because yeah. you don't know who you're going to get. You don't yeah. know what other teams are going to have pitches for these guys. Like I think if you want to fire somebody, you should totally be at peace with that decision just on its on its own. It's not all right. Well, we should fire Wilkes if we can get X coach, you know. Like then you're just gonna yeah. get your organization in a bunch of trouble because you fired a dude who maybe you weren't a hundred percent sold on firing. You just thought that the grass might be greener, and if you didn't get your number one pick, then you're really like you know treading water yeah, there. Absolutely. You think there's any way the Browns keep Greg Williams? No, I always I forget hope the they offensive don't. coordinator's name, but he's been killing it with Baker um, this year. Uh, the new, the new OC. I don't know his name either. Yeah, I'm but uh, yeah, I, I'm just saying I, I wouldn't keep Greg Williams. This no, Saturday, but this is a team that looks like they're playing pretty hard for him. I mean, man. I'd keep. I mean, uh, well, this see, this is the big thing. It's like, um, do you keep him on defense? <laughs> Do you keep yeah, him as a defensive coordinator, like if he wants to stay, or do you let the new guy come in and totally? I mean, we have Freddie Kitchens. Kitchens, that's right. And then, yeah, and look at this—he's becoming a head coaching candidate, just like that. Just yeah, like that. Almost calling. like Anthony Lynn. Yeah. Seriously, it's just like you know, coming to this at the end of the year, uh, coming into this wealth of of offense. 
yeah. in Cleveland, and all of a sudden this guy's a candidate. I mean, yeah, but I mean, potentially you could even bring in a. I mean, I would like to. I mean, Arians wants to coach for the Browns. There's been that. Really? Yeah, he's like the only guy that would coach for the Browns would be, or the only team that he would come out of retirement for would be the Browns. He said, that. "Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to do that if I was the Browns, maybe, but it's like." Yeah, it's interesting. I I don't know. I I would I would clean house, if I was John Dorsey. Mm-hmm. I would I would clean house. I think that's more proven to be, the correct. Just going off of what the Lions have, have gone through with just this incremental, Jim Bob Jim like you know yeah. all right we're gonna we're gonna fire the GM and hire Quinn and we're gonna keep the coachings. Staff. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like all right, two years later we're gonna fire Caldwell, but then we're gonna keep the offensive yeah. coordinator. It's just like it's just been I this, agree. and they would have been even though that you might risk short term, you know, like be unsuccessful in the short term because you're making these drastic changes. You're just gonna be worse off in the long run because it's like your head coach is Greg Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like in these these situations too are just so unique in the sense that he can just he just it's it's so interesting to me because it's like the best organizations allow their coaches I mean you look at Bill Belichick and Sean Payton I was thinking about like Taysom Hill and why is like why aren't there more dudes like Taysom Hill in the NFL like these utility players that coaches just bring out and I think it's because they don't these dudes don't have the time or the job security Uh to be messing around with a player like Taysom Hill yeah. But it's like Sean Payton has such a long leash in New Orleans. He can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He can just have a dude like Taysom Hill on his team. Yeah. He can take extreme risks in games because he just knows that. And so, and then it's like you see the Browns. It's like they were really struggling. And then you just bring in – you get rid of Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson. You have these guys that are just Opening throwing the, throwing the pasta <laughs> yeah. at the wall. They're yeah. just like whatever. Like let's let it fly. Let it and yeah. so it's like you would think that – more front offices would just tell their, you know, new hires. It's like, dude, like, go for it. Go like, for I don't it. care. Yeah. Like, you know, but, so it's like, I feel like that's such, that type of environment is so much more indicative of success mm-hmm. than these organizations where coaches are walking around. Like, I guarantee you Vance Joseph's walking around on eggshells. Mm-hmm. Every decision he's making in his headset, he's thinking about John Elway up, yeah. in, up in the box. Yeah. Like, well, what would Elway want to yeah. do here? Yeah. Like, you know, and you're no, just that's like... that's a very good point. I don't know. It's, and he's probably been thinking that since halfway through last year. Or you know? even since he was hired. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like you have these guys who want to, like, you know, even like, even like the Coughlins of the world. Like, you wonder if Marone... Is thinking like, oh God, I got a head coach up above me. Like, yeah, what is yeah. you know? I, it's just like those things are are so those types of structures and organizational you know cultures are just so they're just year to year. They can be toxic. Too. Yeah, it's year Absolutely. to year, and so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think Denver's in. That you brought up James, uh, Vance Joseph and John Like Denver's in for like a complete like kind of at least offensive reshift. And I mean, it's it's really interesting too because. John Elway hasn't exactly been a great GM. Yeah. Recently, I mean, he. It wasn't hard to draft Bradley Chubb. No. But like, his picks have not really panned out. You picked Paxton Lynch, and he was a disaster. Shane Ray was not necessarily. Shane Ray hasn't exactly come on he the won't way. He'll be on the team next year. No. So it, it's it's you know, it's been 
Yeah, and like the only, the dude he signed was Peyton Manning, so it yeah. got him to you yeah. know their success early on. So that it's like true. not hard to sign Peyton Manning. Like mm-hmm. I guess you have to take the risk with the neck injury, but still it's Peyton it's Peyton Manning. Like yeah. so he's just a guy who I think doesn't exactly not that he doesn't deserve to be a GM, but just hasn't Earned gotten it, got, he hasn't gotten enough managerially. He hasn't gotten enough you know criticism. I th- I don't yeah. think from people in the media. I think it's a fair assessment. Absolutely. I think, I think ever since the Super Bowl, he kind of got like, oh, well, that's Elway. That's the, that's the mega yeah. monster monster GM who knows everything. Who this one, question. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you can, you can question him because I think Peyton Manning, like you said, did a lot more to win that Super Bowl than John Elway did. And, uh, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what direction Denver goes in. And this is uh, it's getting to be draft season for, for uh, these teams, huh? man. I watched a little Quinn and Williams tape. Yeah. You like we'll it? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. He's an interior guy, so it's like got snacks and yeah, Ashawn in there. Come on, you know, there's only only there's not enough room for everybody. Yeah, that is true. But I mean, you, you do you know a lot of teams with great, not a lot of great teams have great D line rotations. So, yeah. but you know, it is it's almost draft season. We're it's we're we're under a week away from from draft season, baby. You taking Eli Manning or the field, week one starter next year? Oh, the field. Yeah. I'm a field man. Come on. Oh, God, dude. I can't imagine if Eli is. Yeah, no, neither guy. He should just retire. He should just retire. Although he did, dude, he uncorked a ball to Sterling Shepard. I couldn't believe that he could throw it that far. He's playing lights out. Yeah. He's been playing lights out the past week. It's like, (laughs) it's, yeah. I don't, leave it to Eli. Um, But, no, I'm with you. In my opinion and in what I think. Uh, they need a new guy in New York, but uh, quite a year it's been. Here we yeah. are, week seventeen. Uh, it's sad. It is. They go by so fast. They do. Feels like we were just uh, in Bucktown talking, uh, talking preseason music, talking shop. Feels like we were just on that smoker's porch, <laughs> hearing hearing that that Super Bowl pick. Just feels like back in July, baby. Yeah. Yep. Having a little time to myself. <laughs> Had a little premonition. Someone else had a little time to themselves, but that wasn't in July. That was that, that was that was later than July. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll we'll see. It'll be a very interesting week. Very. Interesting. I'm hoping some of the games, like I hope, I'm hoping there's a few upsets that absolutely shake up the the top of the playoff picture. I totally. always kind of root for chaos. Yes, I I do too, and I'm a, I'm a Ravens guy. I'll be honest. I, I've been rooting for them, and pulling for them to do well this year. I picked them to win the division, so I'd like to see them close out. Uh, yeah, I kind of like to right. see what Pittsburgh does with Tomlin if they. Yeah. Like what happened with Big Ben? Like, does he yeah. retire? Like, he's always talking about walking away. And... Yeah, yeah. No, that you could tell that that game in New Orleans was the air was just sucked out of that team. Yep. They 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 finally realized not that all their hope was lost, but that they they lost control of the situation. Yeah. And uh, they've had some terrible drafts too. It's just like. Yeah. Hard to feel uh, confident in them as an organization, which is weird to say about the Steelers. Yeah, it is kind of right now. But, the, I mean, the fact of the matter is that they have pretty much blown this second window of Roethlisberger's career. Mm-hmm. With A.B. Yeah. and, I mean, they've Lady blown on. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, kind of a, as sad as it is, and I don't want to, I mean, it might be a bit of an overstatement, but I as we grow older, I will remember this Steelers team in this Ben era, the post Super twenty ten Super Bowl Ben mm-hmm. era is kind of like the team that was always great, always competitive, but could never beat New England. Yeah, that's kind of what it comes down to for me. 
they were just kind of played second fiddle to New England while New England dominated the AFC for however many years. And, uh, you know, that's never uh, – that, that, that stings as, as, mm-hmm. a, as a Pittsburgh fan, I, w- I would assume. So I think it would be probably one of the stupidest things they could do to fire Mike Tomlin. I yeah. think that guy is Steelers football incarnate and that to, to let him go would be kind of losing your identity. And if you're letting him go, then you're, you better be ready for a complete organizational yeah. reshift. Um, and also, as a side note, if Tomlin gets let go, give, give Pat, Matt Pat his walking papers. Because that means yeah. coming to Detroit. Because <laughs> that would be... Getting served. HR coming, knocking on the door. <laughs> that wraps it up, eh? Yeah, good. good. Probably get a playoff app out next week. Yeah, right? absolutely. A little playoff app. Absolutely. I'm eyeballing these. going to be very interesting to see when the lines are released because I'm liking some dogs in the playoffs. And we, and we watching them, uh, the draft order. Yes, we are. Go Packers. Never thought I'd say it. Yeah. It's a shame. Give me that top five pick. (laughs) Stay scheming.